This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome. It's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie. Good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Break it down news of the day. None other than my dear brother from another mother, David Schuster, co-host with me today and at Rebel HQ video making superstar up and down the equator. All right. Top story of the day. Hell of a thing. The federal court, a federal court, a district, the circuit to be exact, they just gutted something that was already gutted for voter access. The ruling, private citizens no longer have standing to actually sue based on voter discrimination. There's some nuance to this, I will explain. Put up the judge who provided the summary. Okay, Judge David Strauss, federal appeals court decision effectively weakens a key section of the Voting Rights Act for black and brown voters in multiple states. And it could dampen their power in the 2024 presidential election. In a two to one decision on November 21st, the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals Restricted part of section two that protects voters of color from racial discrimination, ruling that only the federal government can sue to enforce this section, not private individuals, not civil rights groups. I'll explain what that means in a minute. The Eighth Circuit covers Minnesota, Iowa, North Dakota, South Dakota. Nebraska, Missouri, and Arkansas. So private individuals and groups in these states can no longer bring litigation alleging voter discrimination for the time being. This decision comes at a time when several southern states have been ordered to redraw congressional district lines due to voter discrimination. This is the result of the work of groups like the ACLU and the NAACP which have filed legal complaints alleging that old district lines purposely and illegally diminished the power and influence of the black and brown vote. In the last year, state lawmakers in Alabama, Georgia, South Carolina, and Louisiana have had to redraw their congressional lines to enfranchise minority voters. In 2021, the Arkansas NAACP and others challenged their new state house districts, alleging that the Arkansas map also violated section two and reduced the power of black voters. They demanded 
that five additional majority black districts should be drawn to fairly represent the state's black population. So section two of the Voter Rights Act was upheld in June by the United States Supreme Court. But the recent ruling from the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals will likely reprise another national battle over voting rights when numerous states, numerous state elections are slated to take place across the country. Let's put them up. So US Circuit Judge David Strauss, a Trump appointee, and Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas's former court clerk wrote the majority opinion on the ruling, stating there is, quote, no private right to action in section two, which prohibits discrimination based on race. When those details are missing, it is not our place to fill in the gaps, except, except when uh, text and structure require it, the judge wrote. In 1982, Congress fortified and expanded section two to allow voters to show discriminatory impact rather than solely demonstrating proof of intentional discrimination. So the recent lawsuits challenging state congressional district lines that disproportionately impacted black voters helped fight rampant and systemic discrimination. Before I go to the next point and to the dissent, let me explain this. Typically, when you bring a lawsuit, you bring a lawsuit because you are the affected party. You have standing to file litigation or standing to sue. Why? Because you can show you have been damaged by a particular action or activity of, a, of an entity, a person, a company, whatever it may be. As long as you have standing to sue, it is then thus deemed credible. Now, what has this federal bench done? They have said, "Oh well, you know, because the language has no specific in it, it cannot be enforced by private individuals. Keep in mind, the judge provided a caveat in his own summary that said, except in these two cases. And he provides his context, which is basically predicated on structure. This is so normative, this is so common that anyone would assume if you are discriminated against, you have the right to sue. Because there's a protective clause that governs the activity. Let's put them up full mass. According to George W. Bush appointed Judge Levinsky Smith, over the last 40 years, at least 182 successful suits under the section have been brought forward, successful suits. Yet only 15 of those suits were actually launched by the Department of Justice. Do you see what's happening here? They're setting the stage. Okay, leaving more than 100 suits to be launched by private plaintiffs. Smith was the only judge on the appellate panel to make a dissenting vote. Quote, rights so foundational to self-government and citizenship should not depend solely on the, on the discretion or availability 
of the government's agents for protection, Smith wrote in his dissenting opinion. Civil rights groups and advocates weighed in on the decision, denouncing it entirely in the knowledge that it vastly dilutes their power to protect voters in states under the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals. Now, you may not have heard about this adverse ruling. You may not have heard about the extreme impact it can have not only in that region, but also in this country. Democrats should have made this front and center of part of their debate against Republicans and conservatives. There's more, the ruling has put the Voting Rights Act in jeopardy once again. And is very cavalierly tossing aside critical protections that voters have very much fought and died for. That's what Sophia Lynn Lakin, the director of ACLU's Voting Rights Project told the AP. Barry Jefferson, political action chair of the Arkansas State Conference of the NAACP also told the AP that the ruling is quote, a devastating blow to the civil rights of every American and the integrity of our nation's electoral system. Put up the chairman of the Congressional Black Caucus. The chairman of the caucus, the Congressional Black Caucus is out of Nevada, Representative Stephen Horsford. He said in a statement, quote, for decades, private individuals and civil rights organizations have brought forward the majority of section two cases under the VRA, Voter Rights Act. Including many cases this year that forced Republican led state legislatures in Alabama, Louisiana, and Florida, among others, to redraw congressional maps to give black voters better representation. This decision by the appellate court is ill-advised, cannot stand, and should be appealed to the US Supreme Court, which we hope will affirm, reaffirm that citizens have a private right of action to bring forward lawsuits under the section. Wow, literally. A rolling away of protected rights, specifically as it relates to black people in the United States of America. Now, you don't have to be a legal scholar to understand if you are the adverse affected party, if you have been impacted negatively by the action of someone else, and that action has already been deemed to be unlawful. That action is illegal. That action is not permitted. And you were harmed. According to this ruling, if you were harmed because a person was racist against you as it relates to voting, you have no standing to sue. Organizations in your state who have been highly successful, more successful than the federal government, they have no standing to sue. Only the federal government who comparatively speaking have never been successful to the tune of how private citizens have been inside of the court. And so they're stacking the deck to make sure that those who are active and effective can no longer be. This has to be overturned immediately.
All right, uh, David, hell of a thing, thoughts. Yeah, Dr. Richie, you bring you raise some really important points. And, and one other one that I would add is just because somebody has the right to sue doesn't mean that you win. I mean, even right. in all these cases where you say, okay, the Voting Rights Act has been violated in my case, I'm bringing a lawsuit. There are cases where a judge that looks at the facts and adjudicates this and doesn't necessarily come down in your favor. But what the court here is doing in this case is not even letting you play the game to begin with. And yes, if the federal government were to bring a lawsuit in every single instance that somebody were to allege, hey, my rights have been violated under the Voting Rights Act, okay, then that's fine. Then you don't need that individual standing. But as you point out, because the, because the federal government doesn't bring uh, even a majority of these cases, it is so crucial for individuals to have that right not to win but to have their arguments heard in front of a court and to cut that off from the beginning is outrageous. Yeah, we're gonna follow this obviously, bring you updates as they come. Everyone, regardless of political affiliation, should be outraged at this. This is a chipping away of American rights. There's an elected official in Ohio. He likes to say the N-word and talk against holidays like Juneteenth. Well, people want him to resign. He said, absolutely not. Put up the picture for a mask. I will give you the background. Predominantly white community in Ohio, they are urging this public official named Barton Fannin to resign from his role on the township's board of trustees. He's a trustee elected by the people. Why do they want him to go? Because he used the racial slur during a discussion about incorporating Juneteenth. Now remember, this is an open meeting. They had an open discussion about incorporating Juneteenth into the new calendar for the fire department. Despite being recorded using the offensive word, the township trustee is adamant he will not step down from his position. Now keep that picture up for a minute because I know some people are already scratching their heads saying, wait a minute, why are they discussing incorporating an existing federal holiday? Well, you see the fella, Mr. Fannin, he according to his own proclamation was unaware that this was in fact a federal holiday. There's more. At an open meeting on Thursday, November 30th, trustee Barton Fannis' public use of the N-word was addressed. Not only did community members step up to blast the trustee for his remark, but so did his colleagues. All asked him to resign, all of them, stating that his comment did not reflect the spirit of the little over 60,000 members of the Pickaway County community and that he should do the right thing. Quote, I'm begging, absolutely begging Bart Fannin to resign, said trustee chairman Ralph Wolf as he sat next to the official at the meeting. Quote, that is not, and I repeat, that is not who this community is, trustee John Maynard also said. One black woman present said, quote, we are mere weeks away from 2024. And the excuse that you did not know better is not valid. 
When asked to resign, Fannin replied flatly, according to 10 WBNS, quote, absolutely not, end quote. He also apologized for what he said, sharing that he learned a lot in the last two weeks since he uttered the word. I guarantee you he uttered the word after that public meeting too. The remark was made as the board was deciding on the inclusion of Juneteenth in a new calendar during the public meeting on November 17th. Quote, I did not realize that was a freaking federal holiday, end quote. Fannin said, Wolf and Maynard attempted to explain Juneteenth to him. Wolf asked, you know what it means though, right? Question mark, which was a beautiful retort. He said, they took an N-word holiday, right? That is when immediately the chairman said, whoa, don't say that. Before going into detail, about how the celebration is a marker of the de facto end of slavery in the former Confederacy as Union troops moved into Texas after the Civil War ended. Wolf is adamant that Fannin must step down, period. Initially, my approach was to seek a private resolution out of respect for our community. However, despite private attempts to encourage Trustee Fannin's resignation, he remains resistant. The chairman said, according to NBC4, continuing, quote, it is crucial to emphasize that no racial or derogatory slur is accepted within the realm of our township. I recognize and commend his work ethic, but the use of such language is fundamentally at odds the values of our township. While Fannin refused to relinquish his role as a public figure, he did release a public apology. Here's some of it. I used language that was not only disrespectful, but extremely hurtful and unacceptable, Fannin wrote. My deepest sympathy goes to every individual and family that I have hurt. I have learned a lot from my actions and I feel embarrassed by them. I hope over time I can earn this community's trust once again, I'll put up the picture of uh, Mr. Fannin here. Mr. Fannin, the people of that community voted for you and trusted you. They already gave you their trust. You violated that trust because your racism is so profound that it found its way into a public, well-documented, well-attended meeting. Mr. Fannin, I know this is not the first time you've utilized the N-word or been derogatory against things that are connected to black culture. I know that, so does everybody else. But your level of comfort to utilize it publicly is indicative of your level of disdain. How can you be in charge of policy, sir? Policy that requires you to look at things from an equitable lens rather than a biased one. How can you be fair? to anyone in your community. And also, I actually believe the chairman, I believe your fellow colleagues, I believe them when they say, this is not how we roll. This is not the kind of township we are. I actually believe them because universally, every single one of them told you to get the hell out. Universally, every single one of them told you to resign immediately. They did not wait. 
They did not say we're investigating. They said, you have to go. That's the reason I believe them and not you, sir. There's more. Nana Watson, president of the Columbus chapter of the NAACP, has weighed in, stating that his use of the word is disgusting. To hear that word coming from the lips of an elected official is appalling. It's disgusting, Watson said. Quote, that community should be horrified that he lives there and has no regard or value for differences in our community. The board does have a strategy, however, to remove Mr. Fannin, who was elected in 2022, to oust the politician from his role. Residents must generate a petition with signatures from 15% of registered voters. That's registered voters in the recent Ohio governor's race is what they were utilized. Following that, the petition will be presented to the Pickaway County Court. The court will make the final decision per the rules. Should the community not get all the signatures and the courts not remove him, Mr. Fannin will remain in office for two more years. His term expires in 2025 to the good people of Pickaway. If you need some help with that petition, call me. All right, I'll be glad to help you. All right, David, here we go. Another policymaker adverse to black people saying the N-word in a public meeting. Well, first of all, kudos to the other board members for acting so quickly and unequivocally in condemning this. And I presume that many of those board members were white, so they are trying to do their best. But I think this also shows that Mr. Fanning is not just a racist, but he is also selfish. Because if he really cared about his community, he would listen to the other board members. He would listen to the community and realize how much damage he has caused. If he wants to work on his racism and become a better person, that's fine. But don't do it on the taxpayer's dime. Take the time until the next election to learn, to go through whatever sort of self-evaluation you need to. But don't continue to embarrass your colleagues and your town by continuing to serve on this board. He should quit the board. If he actually cared about his community, he would leave the board yesterday. And if he really feels like he can make some sort of amends, make amends privately, and then run for re-election and see how you do. There you go. Very well said. I concur completely. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. They're going to impeach Joe Biden, according to the latest GOP proclamation. And they're looking at Walmart to help. Here it is understand why you have had to take so long to actually get a vote to impeach or get this impeachment inquiry going. Do you feel that you have the votes within the House right now to get a formal impeachment inquiry? I do. And uh, I had a reporter ask, well, what's changed? You know, because the press has been writing, we didn't have the votes forever. And I said, well, I'll tell you one thing that changed. We were in Washington, D.C. for 10 weeks. And there are about 15 or 20 moderates that, that they really worry about what CNN says or what the Washington Post writes. And, and they were getting in their head, Maria. But they, a great thing happened during Thanksgiving. The members went home. 
many of them for the first time and circulated for the first time in over 10 weeks. And they met people in Walmart and people on Main Street. And they're like, what in the world have the Bidens done to receive millions and millions of dollars from our enemies around the world? And did they not pay taxes on it? So they heard from their constituents. Yes, we want you to move forward. We want to know the truth. And we expect the Bidens Bidens to be. Yeah, yeah. Put my full mass here. Okay. Sir, if you're banking on people who shop at Walmart to deliver you an impeachment against Biden, you have to understand something. The folks who are working at Walmart could benefit from progressive policies. Those who shop at Walmart will benefit from progressive policies. A policy debate leaves you in cold water. And so instead, you create an emotional one. GOP Republican claims House Republicans now have enough votes for their impeachment inquiry and moving forward against President Biden. His name is James Comer. James Comer is out of Kentucky. According to Mediate, quote, getting a majority will be more difficult since disgraced former Congressman George Santos, Republican out of New York, was ousted last week. The Biden administration has been largely dismissive of the House's probe. And White House spokesman um, Ian Sams said highly entertained uh, by Comer claiming the inquiry would go through because the Walmart shoppers demanded, end quote. Just last week, the Biden administration shot down claims in a memo that said, quote, extreme House Republicans have spent the entire year investigating President Biden. And over and over again, they have failed to turn up any evidence of wrongdoing. Some House Republicans are even leaning on these false claims as a predicate to vote to formally authorize such an inquiry. Now, you have to appreciate the insanity of this. They literally are unable to pass a budget so that the American people, everybody, can actually function inside of the constitutional mandate, which is Congress is supposed to pass a budget. That's their job, primary job, right? But instead of doing that, they kick the can down the road and say, let's get back to this, not impeachment, ladies and gentlemen, impeachment inquiry. You don't have enough damn votes to get an impeachment inquiry. Now, I will say this about the Democrats, they impeach. Trump twice. They got his ass two times before he left office. But it was conclusive. What he did was illegal. Now, Republicans want to keep talking about Joe Biden's family, his son, and obviously his son's crack pipe. That becomes the primary catalyst for much of this, right? If they would actually do some work, pass legislation that help people, if they had a track record to run on, if they could say we did A, B, and C for the American public, and the American public is appreciative of that. If they had any of that, they would say it. But instead, they're saying Walmart has given them the go ahead. It is insane. David, thoughts here? 
Well, impeaching Joe Biden or even launching an inquiry is not going to help the, the economy and it's not going to help people have more money in their wallets to spend at Walmart. So there's that. But uh, I look at this in two different ways. First, in terms of the politics, I actually think this helps the Democrats. If Republicans want to go down this road, voters, including independents and moderates who decide elections, will look at this and say, what a waste of time. This is so nakedly political and that'll rebound to hurt the Republicans. The other part about it is what you mentioned, what Democrats have mentioned repeatedly. There's no evidence there. There's no evidence that Joe Biden has broken the law. And when James Comer was asked by Sean Hannity and Fox News over the summertime, well, do you think you're going to develop the evidence? Comer's response is, well, I sure hope so. He hopes so. In other words, he's already made up his mind. And Jonathan Turley, who was the lead witness for the Republicans in the first impeachment inquiry hearing, he said, don't prejudge this. Right now, the evidence is not there to support a Biden impeachment inquiry. The Republicans should would be wise politically, ethically, and morally to actually listen to their own witnesses and knock this nonsense off. There you go. All right, we got more on the other side. Indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. Always good to be with you. All right, we got a lot of comments, but I'm kind of pressed for time. I will read as many as I can. Uh, next TYT reporter says, I'm a veteran and I have decided to only celebrate Juneteenth. Independence Day is a facade. We are not free until we are all free. God bless you. Thank you for that solidarity. And thank you for your service too. Uh, RJL Network and Democracy takes another direct hit. I mean, direct hit. Absolutely agree. Uh, David Morris, translation. I realize now that the N word can lose me my career. So I'm sorry. That's right. Yeah. And P underscore Mar underscore the hustle was gifted a membership by Vicky Gray. Thank you. Vicky Gray did a lot. Thank you, Vicky Gray. Got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen Wood. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a In Sunday. You're I feel great. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. Where I'm from? What are you filming? What? What are you filming? What am I filming? Yeah. I'm gonna film my ass looking in the middle. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're a funny cut, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll beat your ass. Yeah, yeah, what's up? I'll knock you out for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure, but for sure, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I have more video. Now, I'm going to provide some important, some important notes here. The man comes up to the individual recording. He poses a question. He says, I finna record an ass whooping, okay? The gentleman proceeded to be aggressive and mocked the individual. Here's what happened next. So, we'll get out, yeah, we'll get your camera off. Yeah. What the I was watching how nigga probably knocked you. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna bounce, what? Yeah, what comes up get up? Yeah, you're drunk, girl. Come on, come, soccer, we'll have a one on one, right? When? Right now. Ladies and gentlemen, Hit me. I'm gonna beat your ass. Okay. Now, from my point of view, it clearly looked as if the individual in the camera view threw a left punch. Okay, now I think the individual recording was attempting to be a gentleman. He said, just wait until we get off when he was invited 
to engage in combat. At this point, I consider this to be mutual combat. If one person says, let's fight, the other one says, well, just give me a minute. Let's go ahead and wait until we at least get off the craft, all right? And this was the aftermath. Hey, get your bitch ass up. Yeah, get on camera. I told y'all to be quitting the ass with it, right? Vegas, you Las Vegas, bitch ass. Nigga just made me smash him. Why he make me do him like this, gang? See ya. Hey, 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 let me kiss. What happened? You were wrong. I'll give you that. I'll give you that fight. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. You gonna give him that? Okay. All right. Um, listen, I take absolutely no pleasure in looking at things like this happen. This was self-defense, pure and simple. Okay. This was completely avoidable. That is an adult. He is responsible for his own actions. But we provide a very important service here. This is a PSA. Becomes a mirror for reflection and possible correction. I promise you, he would not do that again. All right, David, hell of a thing. The man told him exactly what was about to happen if he came with that kind of energy. Yeah, he should have just listened and believed uh, the man recorded. Um, I hope the airline, and presumably the airline now knows this man's name who got slugged, who provoked this. I hope he's never allowed to fly again because we shouldn't have to rely on good Samaritans and people who are next to us in the seats to keep order. The airline should have a running list of people like this man who was such a jerk and not let him fly for a period of five years or whatever it is so that we don't have to see this kind of thing again. Um, kudos to, to the man who sort of stayed calm and, and will try to warn the guy and says, look, you want to go? Let's go after the after the plane pulls up to the gate. Kudos to him for trying to sort of stay calm. And clearly he was able to take down uh, the obnoxious man without hurting anybody else. So a yeah. big uh, yeah. about that. Yep. And uh, big ups also to the airline. Uh, who clearly got got it right. They took off the aggressor uh, instead of trying to equivocate blame to everybody else. Uh, that's a big, important dynamic. All right, got something for you. Double dose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. My so you guys are going to get seven years. And you're the manager? For $100? Oh, no, 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 This has to stop. Put up the picture for a mask. Now we have blurred out the identity of the young child. It is not his fault that his mother is a Karen. The Karenicity runs deep here. 
Starbucks. I'm not sure exactly what's in the coffee, but too many of these damn incidents happen at a Starbucks. The Karen was irate, went on a tirade. The young man, who obviously is an anti Karen, attempted to calm her down, tried to talk some sense into her. He was the adult in the situation. Unfortunately, his efforts were unsuccessful. Young man, you gave it a great try, though. I give you a 10 for effort. Sometimes Karenicity just runs too deep. All right, David. I'm glad that this young man has proven, and again, kudos to him as well. I think he has proven that Karenicity does not have to be hereditary. Yes. That just yes. because your mother or your father or your sister or brother, somebody you know in your family acts like a total jerk at a Starbucks or some other store, convenience store, that doesn't mean you have to. And and anybody, any family member can say to their you know, their their pop or mom, hey, knock this off. Let's just get out of here. Uh, and kudos to that kid. I mean, he's an example for everybody. Look, we all have friends and family and people who say things and do things that sometimes really embarrass us. It takes a special kind of courage to step in and try to get that family member or friend to stop. Well said. Let's put up the picture one more time. Um, I think this is very important to everyone across the country and outside of the country. If you are inside of a family structure, and you are being raised by Karen, there's hope. This young man is proving that you can break the cycle. Come on, break the cycle with us. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Craig Cray Souffle, fly the friendly skies, fade to black eyes. <laughs> Cyber Gothica. Uh, there's only one language Karen's understand. We all know this. Uh, and Anomaly Me, poor kid, trying to reason with his unreasonable mother, shaking my head. I know. You know he got in trouble when he got home. Why did you do that? Yeah. Dapper. <laughs> this is funny. Dapper Spaghetti Monster. I almost punched my dad for being a Karen just yesterday. One day I'm going to see my dad on here. Just know I'm nothing like him. <laughs> Do me a favor, please let me know when it is your dad, all right? Okay. All right. And, yep, uh, agnostic sister. When a kid is more adult than the adult, that's right, talking about the Karen, uh, Thomas Anakin. Where did you learn to be a Karen? From you, mom. I learned it by watching you. I remember the commercial about the drugs and where did you learn this? I see what you did there. All right. Hell of a thing. Uh, the hate runs so deep in this individual that he saw a pro Palestinian march, protest, rally, whatever you want to call it. And he decides to try to run over people. Okay. Here it is. Oh, oh, whoa, 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 buddy, back off, man, seriously. Man, back off, man. You just From the river to the sea, eh? That's what they said since 48. So when are you going to get reality? Go back to Jordan. Hey, guys, 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 guys. Step back. 
I got what he did, man. Buddy, you, you see just what you, I did this there? Yeah, that's that's, a, that's against the law. The that's against the law. So so he just basically came up and tried to run his car and get people, and I have it on video. That's right. Regardless of your ideology, your position, your opinion, what just happened is against the law. Correct. You did get arrested. Put it up for a mass. I'm going to give you the background to this extreme and violent act you just saw. So per check news and photographer Donald Smith, the man was arrested after nearly hitting the pro-Palestine protester with, with his vehicle during a rally outside of the British Columbia legislature in Victoria. This happened on Sunday afternoon. The incident, which was captured on video, thankfully, happened about 2 p.m. This was at the Menzies Street entrance of the legislature grounds, according to Donald Smith. The video starts with a verbal altercation between the driver of a sedan and protesters. Then the driver appears to accelerate toward a person on the sidewalk holding a Palestinian flag. Quote, it was a little scary, said Smith, who took the video. Later in the video, the driver gets out of his car, confronts another protester before protective services. They separate them. This got heated. He, the driver, lost his temper. Smith told Czech News, everybody has a right to protest and democracy, but you don't, you don't have the right to use your car as a weapon, end quote. Let's put it up full mass. In an email to Czech News, Victoria Police say one person was arrested Sunday in relation to the demonstration. And in photos posted by X by Smith, the same man who was behind the wheel was seen being put into handcuffs. Uh, we're trying to get more details about the aftermath. Uh, the Unite for Peace March for uh, Palestine rally was scheduled from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. at the legislature, where organizers asked people to gather and call for a ceasefire, humanitarian ceasefire, protection of children, halt the genocide, accountability. For war crimes, etc. Now, this is this is really simple, right? They are pro-humanity. Pro-humanity. That's it. They have a point of view, just like everyone does. They're not calling for the execution of anybody. They're calling for ceasefire for the sake of the innocent individuals who are being slaughtered. Now, it's one thing to say. You stand with Israel. That's fine. Stand with Israelis because there are many Israelis who don't stand with the Israeli government. There are many Palestinians who will stand with members of the Jewish community, but they will not stand with the Israeli government. These things are nuanced and quite separate in the actual application of the matter. But even if you disagree with a pro Palestinian protest, which is insane to me that you would disagree with it. But if you disagree with a pro-Palestinian rally, why would you try to kill them? Why would you try to harm them? Why would you want physical destruction to happen to them? I have to conclude 
that it's only because you do not believe they are human. You dehumanize them to such a degree that you feel emboldened, like it's your right to violate them in such a way. The reality is the Palestinian people, they are a young culture. Look at the average age for those on Gaza Strip. 19.4 years of age is the average age. Um, roughly 40% are 14 years of age and under. Those are the ones who are being killed. They're not part of Hamas. They're not aligned with terrorism. They're trying to survive. They're waking up every day like you and I. They're trying to go to work, to pay their bills like you and I. And they're caught up in this whirlwind of war, killing, false narratives, and spin. All right, David, thoughts here. Well, as somebody who lived in Israel for a year and has spent many times going back there and visiting, I'm not somebody who's necessarily sympathetic to all of the Palestinian protesters. But it is it is embarrassing to me that somebody who might claim to be somehow defending Israel, defending the Jewish people, would then think that it's okay for you to take somebody else's life in your hands and try to roll over them with your car. That sets the uh, the, the side that you claim to be on uh, far back. And it does get to this issue that there are too many people, and I think on both sides, who don't see the other as human beings. If you want to have a disagreement, if you want to have an argument with somebody who's carrying a Palestinian flag or wearing a kafir, whatever it is, that's fine. I, at least in the United States and in Canada, you have the right to go have that conversation. But the moment you get in somebody's face, the moment you try to threaten them with your fingers, your hands, the moment you try to roll over them with your car, that is beyond the pale, and that can never be supported. And at a certain point, if we're ever going to get out of this conflict, we all have to step back and say, okay, we can have our disagreements, we can have our arguments and debates, but let's do them as human beings and not as savages. Because when you act as a savage, you fulfill the stereotype that the worst elements on the other side already have. All right, we'll see what happens with um, any update on the sentence for the individual who was arrested. Store manager gets fired after calling the cops on black people shopping for a Christmas item. Here's a video. We're sharing a horrible experience that we had at the at a home store at Destiny. Um, we unfortunately got targeted and accused by an officer of collaborating with other two other people from stealing a tree. It was it was the worst experience. They didn't he didn't ask. Nicely, he just outright accused that we were. It's tough to talk about. Let's put up the picture for a mask. I have more video, more context to share with you. This was at an at-house retail store. Uh, the manager has now been fired, according to the latest report from Atlanta Black Star. That manager has been fired after racially profiling this black New York couple while they were shopping for a Christmas tree, okay? A Christmas tree. Fuligens Henry, a content creator, 
and his wife, Anna Gill, a photographer, tearfully detailed the incident on TikTok. Per Atlanta Black Star, the two took to social media, posting the TikTok video about their shopping experience at the Destiny USA Mall in Syracuse, New York. This was on Saturday, November 25th. The video, lasting around five and a half minutes, received over 334,000 views within days of posting. That number has increased. I want you to hear from Henry. We're minding our business. We're trying to buy a tree at Destiny Mall at at home. We're on our way to checkout. We have a pink pre-lit Christmas tree for Anna Studio. And we have some white tinsel and white trimming for that tree for Anna Studio. On our way to the checkout, Officer Gerber and Officer Earl stop us. And Officer Gerber points to me and pulls me over and says, who were you on the phone with? Mind you, my phone has not been out of my pocket the time since the time I walked into Destiny Mall. I'm, I'm taken aback. So I'm like, I'm so confused. So I'm thinking, you know what? You must be mistaken with somebody else. And okay, have a nice day. It didn't happen that way. It wasn't you must be mistaken. Have a nice day. It was, yo, come clean. Who are you on the phone with? If, um, so you're gonna tell us that you, you weren't with these two other girls that you were on the phone with and they stole the tree and walked out. And if we check the recording right now, we're not gonna see you corroborating with those two other women. Yeah, so this cop is basically making up a, a fantasy in his mind. There's more, here it is. So we're just about to walk away. And then we're trying to speak with the manager, come to find out. The manager accused us because we're the two of the only two other black people in the store that could have possibly collaborated with these two other women who stole the Christmas tree. It had to have been us, right? It had to have been us. We've never, ever been targeted for anything in our lives. And for you to outright accuse, gladly check the recording, check the recording. Trace us from the time that we, we, we parked our vehicle to the time that we came into the mall to the time we went into, walked into at home to the time that we're walking around trying to find decorations to have the, the, uh, one of another amazing holiday. Check the, please do check the recording. Now all of a sudden you can't check the recording because you feel, you feel stupid. And then the officer treated the individuals who were innocent of anything uh, in such a horrible way. Here's the explanation. That officer was condescending. He was- Passive aggressive. Passive aggressive. Rolling his eyes. And then, you know, we're trying to regain our composure. Now we want to have a conversation with management. We're coming back to to them, right? So here are the people you're accusing. We're coming back to you to have a continued conversation. So now he's saying, do you want to purchase this or not? No, we do not want to purchase it. We don't want to spend, invest our hard earned cash at your establishment. Why? Why are you going to, you're accusing us of, of, of theft and now we're going to want to purchase? It's even beyond the, that's even beyond the point. He, do you want to purchase this or not? Not even a, I'm sorry for nothing, no, just nothing, rolling, just rolling, rolling his, rolling eyes. his eyes. Oh, you came back for this? Honestly, oh my God, I honestly, 
Oh, God. You know... That messes with your head. You know, I've been here. I've been in New York City, diverse New York City, Brooklyn and Queens. I've never experienced this before. And I'm here. I've been here a little over a year in Syracuse. And I've always, I've always been at peace here. And to experience this for the first time. And now I'm just, and now I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking throughout the day. I'm like, who else is, who else sees me this way? Who else views me this way? Who else is looking at us this way? That, that is sucks. not, that is not a way to live. That is not a way to feel. See, the officer, understanding he was wrong, treated you that way because the real aim was to take your dignity, just to make you feel out of place, uncomfortable was well aware that his assumption or the assumption of that officer and the manager was likely rooted in a level of either implicit or aggressive bias. Two days after posting the video, the couple returned to give an update. First, Anna thanked everyone for their words of support and virtual hugs. Quote, we appreciate you so much. And we will continue to keep you updated, she said. We are, as cliche as it sounds, all in this together, end quote. Henry went on to say that the couple filed a formal complaint with at-home customer care in addition to posting the video. Quote, an at-home customer care VP reached out to us and they said that there's an open investigation. He shared the store manager was fired. According to the TikToker, um, the county sheriff's office was contacted by both the store and the couple about the incident, with Henry filing a formal complaint against Officer Gerber. Quote, Officer Gerber does not deserve the role of officer the husband punctuated. Um, well done. It's a horrible position to ever be in. But the way you both responded to this, I know it was emotionally tough. You did not purchase their item because you are absolutely right. How dare you think that I'm going to spend my hard earned money with your establishment now? You are right in filing the complaint with the company. You are also right in filing the complaint with the law enforcement agency that the person worked for. And you are right posting this so that the world can see and we can provide some assistance, make things happen. Thank you for how you responded. All right, David, thoughts here. It takes incredible courage for this couple to do what they've done and yeah. to maintain their dignity with all of this. I am so glad that the store manager in Syracuse got fired. So kudos to the store for realizing the racism of the store manager. But something now has to be done with the police department. And this is where it gets more difficult because in so many police departments across the country, there is an institutional bias, an institutional yep. racism that exists. And cops are not held to account for that. Uh, somehow the assumption is, oh, well, if a police officer is told that somebody tried to steal something, the police officer can go in, literally guns blazing, and that's excused. And we as a society have to step back and say, no, you are not to believe all of the tips or all the calls you get, that sometimes things are racially motivated when they're brought to the police. If the police officer had any sense of integrity, he would step up and say, look, we've gotten a call. I've been asked to investigate this. Can you help me out? And be non-confrontational, engage the couple and show them, them, them respect while you're doing the investigation. But instead, to be so adversarial from the start shows the racism that exists in that very police department.
That's right, very well said. And the irony is, if the officer would have treated them with respect, you likely don't get this kind of blow up. Because the idea behind them going live was how they were treated afterwards by this officer and management. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. A lot on the agenda, a lot of show left. Um, consequences and repercussions. So a man decided to be a bigot and uh, this happened. Here it is. You were the slave. You were the problem, right. you were. You were the slave, not me. But you're I'm white. Yeah, you're white, you think you're you that? You gotta live with that What are you talking about? Right, exactly. You, you were the me. Bitch, and that's why you got a black guy now. And I'm gonna give you a hey. one, bitch. I will beat your ass. Wash your mouth. I'm not the one, bitch. I will beat your ass. Do you understand me? I don't care about no slave. It's my, I would say because of you. You talk your name, bitch. I'll stop you again. And I'll give you a black, black. Well, all right. Um, after uh, the incident, well, the individual decided to go on social media and uh, post a video. Now, here's what he looks like. Today is my birthday. Last night, I got into a terrible fight. Uh, it was a beautiful day. I was on the Upper East Side. And I went in there and um, met a very nice gentleman. And uh, this dude pushed me, started pushing me. And obviously he had been talking to the same gentleman. So I got basically attacked by a professional prostitute. The prostitute did this to me. He has been on social media all day long. But guess what? He's bald now. I ripped out all of his dreadlocks. I I thought it was a wig, but those were his real dreadlocks. I ripped his hair out. And I'm sorry, but I had to use the N-word. Oopsie. Boopsie boopsie. If you are one, you are one. Especially if you act like one. Of a mother, of a mother's hit me in my goddamn eye. I am beautiful. God damn it. I am gorgeous. And I only stopped in just to meet a cutie. And I met a cutie. And this black man jumped on me. This black prostitute jumped on me. And I ended up using the N-word. <laughs> that was his real hair. <laughs> I ripped out his real hair, so homeboy is bald now. Sir, put up the picture full of mass. Okay, first of all, the way we saw the video, you utilized the N-word first, and then you started beating him up with your face, okay? So this is obviously a bigoted moment in history. 
Uh, the real question is, uh, who is the bigot with a following? It was unfortunately not revealed in the comments of the Reddit upload that we found. Many could not help but notice he looked like uh, character uh, Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs or Bill Maher. It's one of them. Anyway, um, sir, whatever makes you feel better about yourself, sir. Uh, you look busted and disgusted to me, but I'm glad you feel beautiful on the inside. All right, David, thoughts here? I feel like that's being disrespectful to Silence of the Lambs. Uh, giving this guy too much credit. Uh, but yeah, there's maybe the dreadlocks are similar. Look, this guy should uh, should stay at home uh, and stay in front of his computer or TV or whatever he does. This guy should not be out on the street spewing his vile hatred because he's now, sooner or later, he's going to get his other eye busted open too. There you go. Yeah. PSA. All right. Uh, very interesting. Got a question. What in the red state hell? You can take a gun, shoot somebody in the face. It's not hard. Sometimes it might even be fun if they're a godless commie. Now, what they're trying to do is sneak the COVID vaccine in your salads. I never had, I hate math. Somebody say amen. Spider Man is real, ladies and gentlemen. All right, this was, they got me. I thought this was so legit. It looks so authentic to me. Okay, put it up full mass. I, I will give you the background. A Brooklyn based comedian, Esteban Romero, has become viral online for pretending to be homeless and posting video skits like this. Now, he actually used to be unsheltered. Uh, and he gives money to the unsheltered. Uh, Romero, collaborating with an extensive crew of comedians, writers, and directors, has fooled millions of people in New York, so I don't feel too bad, and beyond into believing that he is a bona fide hobo. One reason he's so convincing is that uh, he really has slept on Gotham streets uh, and bathed at the Port Authority. He has a great story. I've been a bum, he says, quote, I've been homeless, he said, explaining. That he squatted in the building in Brooklyn from 2013 to 2019 before sleeping on the subway and crashing at a friend's home for a few months. Now he's trying to help out the city's homeless however he can. Quote, I try to give them information about where to get food, clothing, he said, financially. I'm trying to keep myself from being with them 25 hours. But whenever I can, I give them whatever cash or food I have. And here's the dynamic. One of the most remarkable things he's doing in addition to that is showing his raw comedic talent. He's actually a very funny individual. All right, David, thoughts? I thought this was real. Consider me one of those people right. who was fooled by this. I mean, I feel like, oh yeah, of course, New York City subway, of course this is gonna happen. Uh, kudos right. to this man for trying to essentially play into some of our bad stereotypes, raise money for a good cause. Bravo to him and his sense of humor. Yeah, there you go. Always a pleasure, dear brother, having you on the show. Tell people I think follow you, check out your great work. 
Rebel HQ on Facebook and YouTube. Just go into the search bar, search Rebel HQ David Schuster. Our videos pop up and uh, let us know what you think in the comment section. We're happy to take suggestions and tips from all of our viewers. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks, right. Dr. Ritchie. Great to be with you. Thank you. Great to be with you. We got more on the other side. The bullpen is next. Stick and stay. All right, let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. All right, in the bullpen today, we have Mr. Connor Drigotas. Connor is the managing editor of the Connecticut Inside Investigator. Always good to have him on the show. Connor, how are you? Life is good. The world has changed since I last saw you. Good to be here. Yes, sir. Um, a lot has changed. And we're going to argue a hypothetical, which is rare here on the bullpen. If Donald Trump gets elected again, what will a Donald Trump presidency look like? I don't want to presume what you know, believe about that topic. So I would give you the first shot. I will opine afterwards. Happily. I think there are a few different things that we could look out for. Of course, the all encompassing importance of the Supreme Court, his ideas about replacing Obamacare. But the single issue that I believe is most relevant and most important and most likely to be discussed is the topic of secession. Now, the reason I bring that up is because 52% of Trump voters have said that they want red states to leave. And left-leaning states and centrist movements are that much more likely to be riled up, excited to get out as soon as they realize that the guy who was there for four years really making their life difficult and in their opinion is just gonna continue doing that for four and perhaps eight years. Let's see what happens. You know, and I concur with you about the uh, falling away from the collective America. I understand that I think many of them are already there. But let's talk about this from just a national point of view. Uh, do you believe that Donald Trump, if he gets elected again, do you believe he will be president or dictator Trump? Which one? President. I'm, okay. a, I'm an optimist. I really do believe in the institutions that we have. And more importantly, I believe in our communities and our states. Rarely do I come across a human being in this country who is not a critical thinker in some ways. Now, I think that a lot of times when we look at news, when we look at the headlines, that doesn't come through. I say that as a member of the news media, though I'm here okay. in my individual capacity. There are a lot of people out there who are going to stand up for common sense all the time. But what about Trump? Would Trump stand up for common sense? So this is the issue. <laughs> this yeah, is that's the a issue. fair distinction. Okay, the issue is this. We, when I say we, I mean the vast majority of Americans, we did not realize how fragile democracy actually was. We, we've always assumed it was chaotic. That's why Congress traditionally will, will have low approval ratings, right? Because of the chaos of politics. But the fragility of our democracy, meaning the vice president of the United States has to certify his own defeat. Now, some people will pose, well, that doesn't make any sense at all. And it doesn't. When the rule was implemented, the vice president, ironically, was the number two person in the overall vote count in America. And so the vice president was a political adversary 
of the president. They were not a team at that point, and that rule was established. Now they are a ticket, they are together. If Pence would have not signed the electoral certification, we go into a constitutionally undefined territory. Never has that happened. Under those rules, which basically you are now in the abyss, Donald Trump would make up his own rules as to what governing clause or what governing action should take place in that ambiguity. Do you not agree that a man like Trump, who by the way still says Pence had the legal authority to not sign, all right? Do you think Trump engages fairly in that scenario next time? Or does he pick a vice presidential running mate who will do his bidding, even if it means destroying democracy as we know it? I do believe that Donald Trump sees power as a zero sum game. Uh, who he selects as his vice president, absolutely. He wants an ally. He wants someone who's going to feed him the information that he wants. We've seen this in all of his picks in his last administration. And I do believe that despite it would uh, it being a new administration, it's going to be the same cast of characters. Again, I do have to take an optimistic point of view here, though, which is that the power ultimately rests with the people. Just power is derived from consent. And the judicial system and the legislative system are going to be able to do their job to constrain truly out of control actions. Now, is it going to be easy? No. Could it be very, very ugly? Absolutely. But I think as long as we are really dedicated as citizens to the moral principle of human respect, ensuring that we're promoting happiness, harmony, and prosperity by not initiating violence, by not taking the wealth of others through theft, fraud, and destruction of their property. I mean, these are the heart, this is the heart and soul of America. We can have an optimistic view, and we absolutely have as citizens not just the ability, but the right to put a check on power. And we absolutely have to do that. That's an individual responsibility. And we, quite frankly, can't look to government to do that at any level. I don't agree with that. The government takes my money. If the government takes my money, it's called taxation. They have to do a few things for me. Number one, protect mm -hmm. my vote, protect my vote. Because when I vote, that is a voice for me. It's a representative form of government. I have expectations from anyone who gets money from me. That's number one. Number two, the reality is people in general, they do not have the skill, the wherewithal, the level of sacrifice needed, I would assume, in order to overthrow a dictator with a military and other cops on his side. The problem with the scenario is that everyone knows, including yourself, that Donald Trump is likely bad for democracy, period. Just the idea of democracy and the idea of Trump, oil and water, which means any power given to Trump is power taken away from democracy. And potentially, democracy will cease to exist as we know it in the United States of America. So the question becomes, why is it that conservatives who for many, many years told us this was all about the Constitution, and this was all about Christian values. And this was all about morality. How is it that those same individuals 
are now so willing to give away that constitution, to overturn democracy, and to ignore rule of law, moral, and ethics? Oh, I certainly wouldn't describe myself as a conservative. But what I can say is being in the room with conservatives, and as I speak to people who are self-defined as conservatives and care about this country, it comes down to a question of consent. You mentioned the giving away of money, casting a vote. These are mechanisms by which you are agreeing to the rule of law, flawed or otherwise. And my question, I think, back would be, if we're going to give that power, if you're going to give that money, if you're going to cast your vote, you are kind of accepting the flaws in that system. I don't. I think that if those are the concerns, the wisest thing that you could do, and anyone who shares those beliefs would be to remove your consent. Say that you don't want to be a part of what's going on, and then, quite frankly, put your money where your mouth is. It's really, really important because we need to catch this upstream. You are absolutely right. If we're downstream, if we're already in the point where someone's making military orders, Something has gone wrong that should have been avoided, right? I'm a believer in the tenets of the Tao Te Ching. And in some ways, this is really relevant because what it says there is we should tackle problems like we fry a fish while they're small, right? Tackle problems while while they're small, while they're manageable, and then they won't grow into the things that are far beyond our capability to deal with in an easy manner. Easier said than done, absolutely. But a vital lesson in cases like America, where power, again, is derived from consent and ultimately rests with those who are the governed. You know, I have a theory, a hypothesis. Somewhere in 1955, 1956, when our marketing apparatus in the United States of America became even more sophisticated and understood some psychological dynamics that the masses were unaware of at that time. We decided to create customers. We wanted to make people feel through advertising that they needed a particular product. They needed a particular brand. And after decades of this model, in the indoctrination that comes with that model, I believe it has permeated into our voting class to where now people are not thoughtfully selecting political leaders. They're purchasing brands through their vote. So Donald Trump becomes a brand. And his brand can do things that let's say Mitch McConnell cannot do, even though they may do the same thing. One person will be on brand, the other person will be off brand. And they will be judged based on their brand rather than the action itself. Do you not see a similar occurrence happening in the body politic today? In terms of the power that's emerging, or could you well, well in, in, in terms of how people are consuming uh, political leadership, how people are supporting political leadership. For example, there was a time we could have policy debates. We're no longer yeah. having real policy debates, we're having personality debates because everything has de evolved into a brand of sorts. I do agree with that 100%. And I agree also that it's a problem. It's uh, it's something that really shouldn't be going on because it's not healthy. And it's also not going to lead to the desired results on either side of the debate. And I think that's what makes this particularly interesting is that you rarely come across someone who says, yeah, everything's going great. This all feels yeah. like it's it's going really well. Uh, and if if I think that might actually be a healthy place to be because- If we can move past the problem and start talking about solutions, that's fertile ground to actually arrive somewhere and not just be stuck where we are. You know, Connor, I appreciate that you are an optimist. 
I'm, I'm trying to get back to that place myself. I don't have as much faith um, as you do in some of the Trump supporters because I've seen what they can do, uh, for example, January 6th, uh, which could be a precursor to something else that they would like to do in the future. Um, I believe our response was inadequate um, as a government and society. Uh, but I will let you get the last word. Trump presidency, good or bad for the American people, in your opinion? Bad. All right, there you have it. I appreciate you being on the show, Connor. I'll see you in, in a, hopefully in the next few weeks, all right? Looking forward to it. Same here. All right, remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.